morning, Romans chapter number 2. Um, we got down last time through plea number 2. We're going to do defense num- plea number 3 this morning, starting in verse 17, and then we'll work our way down through verse 29, and th- that's the goal. Um, we, we come here now in verse 17, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and rest in, and, and rest in the law, and makest thy boast of God and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself are a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teacheth another, teachest thou not thyself. Thou that preachest the man should not steal, dost thou steal. Thou that saith a man shall not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery. Thou that abhorreth idols, dost thou commit sacrilege. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles, though through you, as it is written, for the circumcision verily profiteth, If thou keep the law, and if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, why or who by the letter of circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Okay? Plea two, plea three, not plea four. <laughs> right? You read down through that section, and th- this is the issue of the Jew. And the Jew is going to plead immunity. He's going to stand and says, wait a minute, thou art called a Jew. I'm a Jew. I'm one of God's chosen people. I have, uh, by nature, I'm a Jew. I'm God's guy. So immunity, God can't judge me, dismiss the case, and let's move on. Now, again, we started last time in verse 12 where Paul introduces the two people groups here. He says, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without the law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So you've got the without the law group, the Gentiles. We looked at that last time. And what did the Gentiles plead? Ignorance of the law. You didn't give me the law. It was never given to me. So how can you hold me to something that I never knew about? And Paul God, through Paul, says, wait a minute, when you by nature did the law. And that's where we were with verse 16, there when he says, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by, uh, by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. The secrets of men, the heart issue. You see, this, this is, Paul is getting into something that's a little deeper than just the overt commission of the act. He's now going to deal with the sin nature. And he's dealing with the heart issue. And he's going to do that with the Jews because the Jews have the law 
and they still don't do the law. The Gentiles didn't have the law, but they do the law. The Jews have the law, and they don't do the law. So we, when verse 16's always been a verse that people like to use, well, you know, how can God charge Adam with, you know, he didn't know, have, know anything about the cross of Calvary and Paul's my gospel, but that is an ignorant statement, I'll be honest with you. Because that is, a, that is an ignorant statement in that you don't understand Paul's my gospel fully. Okay? And I'll be honest with you, if you don't understand something fully, the best bet is to keep your mouth shut or you'll show your ignorance. And people will use, by the way, people will use chapter 17, or verse 17 to 29 to say that you and I are spiritual Jews. And you go, huh? Because when you come into Scripture, nowhere, when we go down through this, nowhere will we see where he talks about a Gentile becoming a spiritual Jew. Nowhere. Not in the Old Testament, nowhere. So in Paul's gospel, Paul's gospel, the, the, the completeness of it, the understanding of it, and we'll see this as we go through Romans here, it exposes the common problem of all of mankind, and that's that sin nature. And it, it, it's going to expose the change that needs to happen in the inner man, not on the outside. Philippians, he says, it, it's, he will do, uh, uh, you know, still thinking about that other. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Work where? In you. He, doesn't, he never works on you. By the way, that's Philippians 2.13, Okay. So when we come through Paul's gospel, it's going to expose the change that happens in the inner man. But Paul's gospel is also going to expose the absolute inability of the law to accomplish that change in the inner man. Paul's gospel also exposes the absolute inability of the law to justify anyone. We're going to see that here because now we're going to talk about who? The Jew. The law. Paul's gospel also reveals that there's only one response that God has been looking for from man of all time, and that's the response of faith. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Abraham it, obeyed God's word. Noah obeyed the word of God to him. So and when you understand all that, then guess what you're not going to say? Well, he's going to, how can he judge Adam by Paul's gospel when he didn't know anything about the death, burial, and resurrection? Well, no. How does he judge Adam? It's a heart issue. What did you do with the word that I gave you? What, and Paul's gospel reveals that. Come, up, come back up in chapter 1, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish, what? Heart. Chapter 2, verse 5. But after the hardness and impenitent, what? Heart. Verse 29. But a Jew is one outwardly, I'm sorry, inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the... You see, Paul's gospel points us and drives down to... The very issue, and it's a heart issue, no matter who you are, a Jew of the Old Testament, a Jew in Paul's day, a Jew today, or just that ragtag thump of a melon of a, of a Gentile, 
It's your heart. And come over to 2 Corinthians 3. Paul's gospel is 2 Corinthians 3. Paul's gospel is the, I wrote this down because I liked it, okay, is the crown jewel that provides information regarding Israel and their relationship to the law. You see, Paul is going to tell Israel that the law could never do it. And you know what that Jew's going to do in standing in front of the judgment of God in the courtroom? Plea number three, he goes, oh yeah, watch me. And Paul in Romans 2, he's going to lay out, you didn't do it. You thought you were doing it, but you really didn't do it. And oh, by the way, you could never do it. And that's what the law is going to point to. 2 Corinthians 3, look at verse, uh, verse 3. For as much as ye, and that's the local church there at Corinth, are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the what? Of the heart. So there's a heart issue. Come down to verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, so if Moses is read, what are they reading? The Mosaic Law, aren't they? They're preaching the Ten Commandments on Sunday. Well, every day that he's read. But finish the verse. The veil is upon their heart. See that? You see, there Paul is going to deal with the heart. Come over to Ephesians 4. And he deals with not the outward behavior. By the way, you want to change outward behavior, you got to change the heart first. Ephesians 4. Because the outward behavior, the overtness, comes from uh, what's going on inside of you. That's what's driving you. And Paul, and that's fundamental root problem here is the bat, the heart problem, the sin nature. Let's deal with that. Ephesians 4. If you look there at verse 18, Paul talking about believers walking as Gentiles walk. And he says, having their, the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance. See that ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So the plea here, come back to Romans 2, that the plea of ignorance that the Gentiles are going to make, isn't going to work. You're, you can never plead the ignorance of the law. We had the curfew this week, you know, and actually this weekend still. And it's interesting, as soon as the curfew went into place, all the trouble stopped. I don't know if you noticed that. And I'm talking about here locally. The other places, that's their problem. I worry about here. I w and, and, and shutting down Wednesday night, I said our luck would be that we would leave out here and make a left instead of a right, right into something, you know. And then if something did happen, and then I'm sitting there going, what could they burn in Tempe, you know, mill, the, the college? I mean, it would be put down so fast. But then I got to thinking, well, then the police department would have to worry about us being here. You know, hey, there's a group of people over there, you know. So, but what happened, the instant that the law went into effect, that first night, Phoenix PD, I think they arrested like a couple hundred people or something. I, what, you know what those people could not say? We didn't know. 
Because you know what they were telling them at 745? 8 o'clock's the curfew, go home. And they did what? Ignored it. See? So ignorance of the law is not an excuse. And now... Paul's going to do Romans 2.17. He's going to say claiming to be a Jew isn't going to get you there either. Now, there's going to be two things here in this section. One, there's going to be the claim of the Jew nationally, a national issue. I am one of God's chosen people. And then there's going to be, two, the claim of the issue of circumcision, down in, in starting in verse 25. And Paul is going to just punch them right between the eyeballs with this. Because I don't know if you've ever dealt with an unsaved Jewish person before, but they are stubborn about they are a Jew. Stiff-necked is right. They are stubborn about it. And you can go, because I have, I've dealt with them going, hey, look, that doesn't matter today. <laughs> Galatians, go run the verses. And you know what? Yes, it does. And I go, why? Why does it matter so much? Because my mom said so. And my grandma said, I mean, they pulled the car. I'm like, all right, dude, guess what? You're going to roast in hell. Well, how can you don't know that? Because guess what? I'm not a sinner. Because there's, ver there's verses that tell them that they don't commit sin. See? Because they're what? A Jew. And Paul's going to say, guess what? That's going to land you. Guilty. Verse 17. Notice the first issue here about their call of a Jew and the law. By the way, the law and circumcision are going to go together. And guess what we're going to see? The, guess what happens to that law? It won't justify you. It won't declare you righteous. All it makes you is guilty in both scenarios. By the way, well, anyway, go ahead. Verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. You see, they're resting in the law. They make their boast. Verse 18. And knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. That's a tremendous thing for them. They, what advantage is it to being a Jew? Well, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, they had the word of God. They were given the law. They had it. Problem is, is their hearts weren't convinced and convicted of it, so they discarded it. Verse 18, and, so not only do you have the law, you rest in it. Verse 19, and are confident that thou, notice, thyself art a, one, guide to the blind, two, a light of them which are in darkness, three, an instructor of foolishness, four, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law, thou, therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself. Look at what they think they've got. What are they? We got the law. We approve things, and we're teaching people this stuff. The problem is in verse 21. As a teacher, the first student is yourself. So guess what they weren't doing? They weren't obeying the law. They had it. That's what he's going to say. Thou that, verse 21, thou that preaches, a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Do the, were, they, were they thieves? Yeah, they were. They go in and they're going to give a, a prayer to the widow and they devour widows' houses. Hey, low pay, low mass, high pay, high mass. Let's get on with it. You want the right words to be said over your departed beloved one? 
You gotta, there better be some chinking in the offering box. See? They're thieves. They come in and they, they rob. He says, woe to the pastors and to the shepherds that rob my people. They're doing the, they, the you shouldn't steal. You know, the public and I, we tithe on the mint and on the time. I mean, the little, littlest things. And yet, what do they do? They're robbing people of the blessings. Verse 22, thou sayest the man should not commit adultery, thus thou commit adultery. Remember what the Lord said. You look on a late woman and you think it, you've done the deed. You know, the, the Lord had, the, there was that incident in the Gospels with uh, the, the woman with four or five husbands. And he looks around and he goes, any of you out there that can't say you've been in this situation, go ahead, throw the first stone, you know, and they can't. Because they actually had broken their own law when it comes to accusing someone of something. And they didn't get the job done. They didn't bring the witnesses. They didn't bring, and the Lord got on them, you know. Verse 22, thou say, notice, commit, commit, adult, commit, it's in their heart, you're thinking about it, dost thou, um, thou, thou, thou that abhorrest idols, covetousness is idolatry, Paul says, that desire to have, you know what you're doing when you have that, you're worshiping yourself. I can have that. I deserve that. That's mine. <laughs> and take it. Steal. Thou commit sacrilege. They're climbing that religious ladder. You know, Paul says, I was above, uh, uh, in Galatians there, he goes, I was above my own. I, there was no one equal to me. I was climbing that ladder faster than anybody. And I, was, I profited in the Jews' religion. Come over to Galatians 2. Speaking of that, Galatians 2. You see, he's, Paul's like, guys, you have the law, you know. The Jews come, they approach the bench, and they say, I'm a Jew, I'm one of the circumcisions, so you need to dismiss the case. And the judge looks over at the prosecutor and says, you got something to say? He goes, oh, yeah, I do. And stands up and says, no, you, you had the law, you just didn't do it. Galatians 2, look at verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Paul's gospel, you know what it says? The law is not your friend. If it were possible, if righteousness came by the law, guess what? Righteousness can't make it, won't get there. You're telling people don't steal, don't kill, don't do all this stuff. You're not even doing it. It didn't make you righteous. Chapter 3 of Galatians 3.21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. You know, the, the law in of itself is God's law. It's perfect. It's righteous. It's not against the promises. Actually, you just read back up there, that the law was that that the uh, the law was added because of transgressions. See, the law has always been there. Verse twenty-one, God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, eternal life, 
Verily, righteousness could have been by the law. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And that's the problem. Come back to Romans 9. And what Paul is going to, is saying in Romans 2, but we need you in Romans 9, is that the law could not give you eternal life. The law could not give you righteousness. So as that Jew stands in the courtroom and makes his plea of, hey, I got the law, I'm, one of the, I'm a Jew, I got the circumcision rights and everything, I've got rights of my family descendancy, Paul just stands up and says, yeah, but you're missing the heart issue. You're missing it. And your honor, the law could never get this done. And you know what? God's, he knows. <laughs> but he's a gentleman. He's a fair God. Let's man have his say. Romans 9, verse 30. Romans 9, verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness. Even the righteousness which is of what? Faith. The only thing God will ever accept from man is faith. But notice, the righteousness of the law, the, the Gentiles, they followed not after right. They didn't have the law. They weren't looking to do it. But what happened? By nature, they were doing what? The law. Israel had the law. Problem is, they had no faith. Verse 31, But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Because they, the Jews, sought it not by faith, as it, is, as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Why didn't they get it? No faith. They had it all. They had the word. They had the law. They had the prophets. They had the promises. They had the covenants. They've got everything, and yet they were still lacking faith. Chapter 10, verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's the issue. The you know what the law is designed to do? To bring you to the righteousness of God. They're, they're self-centered. Come back there to Romans 2. You see, the law, Romans 2, verse 23, thou, thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law dishonorest thou God. Look, Notice that. You guys had the law, and what'd you do? You broke it. So what's the result? Well, for them, it's a one-way ticket to hell. And again, it's because the law could never justify them. And by the way, for a Jewish person, none of this is new. God tells them in the Old Testament time and time again, I don't want your stinking sacrifices, I want your heart. I want your faith. I want your obedience. We'll see it in just a minute when we get down talking about circumcision here where he says in Deuteronomy, you guys know the deal. You know what I want. I want your heart. 
They didn't give it to him. So what's the other result? Well, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So the law couldn't justify them, can't declare them to be righteous. The only thing that could accomplish that is their issue of the faith. Their faith and the word of God to them. By the way, what did, their, what did the word of God to them say? You are my chosen people. But I do have some things for you to do. Physical works that are going to get you into a physical kingdom over here down the road. A physical kingdom, earthly, Davidic, that demanded of them to do physical fruits of righteousness, works, and activity. And the law said, you do that, and then you're in. They couldn't do it. Who has to do it for them? He's going to. The new covenant. Okay? Now, in verse, you guys with me? See what, we're, see what Paul's doing here? Just laying out that case. Now, all the Jew stands up and says, I'm a Jew. I can't puff. If I puff my chest out, my stomach gets bigger. So I, you know, I got on the scale the other day and, you know, you... you suck in my stomach and Linda's like your stomach doesn't help because that's okay I needed to read the numbers <laughs> out of boom okay yeah throw one in there anyway get you guys to wake up it's just Sunday morning come on now verse 25 for circumcision now the Jews gonna pull the circumcision card so in plea three one the law couldn't do it I'm a Jew, but the law can't do it. Now he's going to claim, because I'm a Jew, but also now because of the issue of circumcision. Now, I want you to notice something. Verse 25. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou, if thou be a breaker of the law, were they a breaker of the law? Yes. Thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the circumcision keep, I'm sorry, the uncircumcision keep the law, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? The issue of circumcision and uncircumcision here is not the physical activity. Because how can a circumcised, you know, remember circumcision, the eighth day, you know, Abraham, Genesis 17. You cut the foreskin of the flesh and so forth. So how, if you go get circumcised the eighth day, how can then you come over here and become uncircumcised physically? It's physically impossible. Got to sew it all, you know, no. It can't. So we're not talking about the physical activity. Look at verse 28. For he is not a Jew which is one, what? Outwardly, verse 29. He is a Jew which is one where? See, this is a heart problem. This is a spiritual thing. This has nothing to do with the physical activity because there's no way to take an un, a circumcised individual and make them uncircumcised again. But you can do it where? In their heart. He's called a Jew. I am a Jew. I have immunity. I'm a descendant. Dismiss the case. But you know what? That's not the problem. The problem is their heart. The Jew, again, historically, 
the Jew has considered himself to be inherently immune from any judgment or wrath from God. When he says there, come over to Micah 3. I just noticed some of the, just a few illustrations of this in the Old Testament. When he says, I'm called a Jew, I'm, a circumc- I'm of the circumcision. They are of the seed of Abraham. And because of that, they do possess a natural righteousness with God. Because they are God's people. But, and they do have a natural promises and blessings and covets and righteousness. Because they are who they are. But that doesn't get the job done, see. That's why Paul, uh, the, the Lord was going to say, we'll see it in John here in a minute. He, he, he'll say over there to Nicodemus, you've got to go be born again. That rebirthing thing, the being born again, was not a physical thing. It was a spiritual thing. You know, because what does Nicodemus say? How does one climb back into mom's womb? <laughs> Can't happen and be born. No, it's a spiritual thing. By the way, he was talking to the Jews when he said that you and I are not born again. And by the way, it is improper to use that terminology as a member of the body of Christ. It's improper. You know why? Because Paul never says that. Terms. He uses regeneration. Which, by the way, regeneration and born again, they are closely associated, but they are not the same thing. Okay? You just have to work that out. Look at Micah 3, look at verse 11. Micah 3, verse 11. The heads, therefore, judge for reward, and the priest, therefore, teach for hire, and the prophets, therefore, divine for money. Nothing new under the sun. Don't we see that today? <laughs> you know, you want to hear me preach, you're going to pay me $5,000, well, $50,000, and I want first-class tickets and blah, 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 right? Yet will they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? None evil can come upon us. That's the Jewish, the heads there, the, the leadership in Israel. Notice that. The, notice the end of that verse. And again, this historically goes all through the Old We have a hedge about us. No evil could ever come upon us. Why? We're God's people. Don't you know that? If you don't, I can show you. (laughs) See? But what are they doing in that verse? They're out out for hire, aren't they? It's all about making making the Benjamins. Money. You know? And he's like, no. That's not who we are. No evil can come upon us. Look, look over at Matthew 3. Again, I just picked a few verse, a few of these. Matthew 3. John the Baptist's earthly, uh, earthly ministry. John the Baptist's ministry. He's getting going here in the first 11, 12 verses of Matthew. Matthew 3, look at verse 7. Matthew 3, 7. But when he and that's John, saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism. He sees the heads come. He sees the leadership come. 
he says unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? John, John, by the way, John the Baptist is the one that coins the phrase, the wrath to come. He's the one that coined the phrase, to come. Paul talks about the ages to come. That's coming out of John the Baptist. He's the one, first one to ever use the issue of to come is John. But look at what he said to those Pharisees. Who told you to flee from the wrath to come? Now watch their reaction. Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Isn't that interesting? He beat them to the punch of their claim. He says over there, look, but what did Micah 3.11 say? No evil can come upon us. You know, what you know what they say back to John? John, what are you talking about? Wrath to come. Don't you know we're God's people? There's no wrath coming upon us. Don't you know no evil can come upon us? Don't you know that God has put a hedge about his people and we're the leaders of his people? How are they functioning? How are they operating? In faith or no faith? <laughs> no faith. So we're going to be okay. Come over to John chapter 8. Watch the Lord do it to them. You know, after a while, you, as a Pharisee or a Sadducee, you'd think you'd just be quiet and go home. But they don't. I, I, that thing about the Lord in the garden, he goes, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, I am he, and blows them and knocks them all down. You know what? They get up. Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. When he says it, blows them all down again. They get up again the third time. You know, eventually you would think, you know, knock me down twice, I'm done. <laughs> who are you looking for? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Quit getting knocked down. You know, they didn't take him, by the way. He, he gave himself up to them, see, because he says, I am he, and let's go. And then he goes. John 8, the Lord here is dealing with them, with that Jewish leadership. And he's going to warn them here in John 8. And what he's going to warn them about, verse 32 is he's going to warn them about being a descendant of Abraham is not enough. That there's actually more to what's going on. Watch verse 32, John 8, 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Well, that wasn't what I was looking for. Anyway, then answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? What did the Lord tell him? If you know the truth, you're going to be what? Free. What did they say back to him? We're of Abraham's seed. How sayest And we're never in bondage. That's a bold-faced lie. Historically, they were in bondage to Egypt, to Assyria, the Babylonian captivity. But you know what else they were in bondage to? The law. The law. A yoke of bondage around their neck. You see, they, they, that's just a bold-faced lie. And say we're free. How can you do that? Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. They didn't think they were committing a sin here. And what did the Lord say? You're committing a sin. Hold on to John 8. Run over to Galatians 2. This attitude by the Jewish folks, it, it, by the way, it's, people say, oh, they're very arrogant. It is not one of arrogance. Listen, when you've got God on your side, you're not arrogant. You're confident. might be a little cocky from time to time. But it's not an arrogance. It's a, it's a man, I, I'm good to go, you know. I, I don't know. Galatians 2, verse 14. The, Paul is dealing with Peter here. Paul and Peter have had a meeting. Peter's come to understand dispensationally the, the, the dispensation of grace. He sat, he ate with the, Jew, with the Gentiles. Then when the religious crowd came, the crowd that comes down from James, that's the religious leadership and so forth, they showed up. He, he, he left sitting with the Gentiles, moved across to the other side of the room, and Paul just reaches out and smacks him, <laughs> figuratively. Okay? And he says something very interesting in verse 14. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel... Now, James 8, the, you know the truth, the truth will do what? Set you free. They're not walking according to the truth of the gospel. I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Okay? Verse 15. We who are Jews by nature and not... Isn't that interesting? Sinners of the Gentiles. They're, by na they're not sinners of the... You know what they're saying? A Jew would claim, as a part of their identity of being a Jew, we're not like the Gentiles over there. We don't party, we don't run, we don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't go with the girls that do. We are not in that crowd right over there. And their little religious chest pops up, you know, come back to, to John 8. So when he says here to him, you're committing a sin, <laughs> is the servant of sin, you know, that sets them back a little bit. What do you mean being a sinner? We're not sinners. We don't have the, the judgment of God come upon us. We're Father Abraham's descendants. Verse, drop down to verse 37. I know, the Lord says, that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me. Why? Because my word hath no place in you. It's very fascinating how many times the Lord says, the words that I speak, they're truth, they'll clean you up, but you know what? They're not my words, they're the Father's words. They're the words of the one that sent me. The works that you see me do, they're his works. The Word of God here. You know what? They had the Word of God, and they didn't do anything with it. But I speak, verse 38, that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. See, they're pulling that circumcision card, that Jewish card out. And Jesus said unto them, great, wonderful, let's all get together. 
No, he says, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. Verse 41, ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. See, that is a dig against Mary and the virgin birth. We're not like you. We weren't born that way. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye of, of your father, uh-oh, the devil. Now physically they're not, are they? But spiritually, they are. You see, Jesus Christ is pointing out to them, come back to Romans 2, that there is something deeper than just saying, I'm a Jew, and I rest in the law. See, there's something deeper going on here, guys. And when that Jew stands before the judgment bar in that courtroom there, and he says, I'm a Jew, and I'm circumcised the eighth day, and blah, 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 and the Lord's going to say, yeah, but that ain't going to get you anything. Verse 25, 2.17, Behold, thou art called a Jew. Verse 25, For circumcision verily profit if thou keep the law. Oh. You see, there's profit in keeping the law. The problem is, is you're not keeping the law. That's what we just learned in verse 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. You aren't doing it. You can't do it. You're not doing it. If you were to keep it, then the spiritual issue would have been taken play, taken care of. But you, you didn't do it. You can't keep it. Verse 25, but if thou be a breaker of the law, and that's really what they were. Verse 26, therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Again, the issue, by the way, for a Gentile to become part of the nation of Israel, one of the components is to take on the sign and the seal of circumcision. The other one is to bless them, and, and uh, Abrahamic covenant, bless, I'll bless them that bless you, and so forth. But the issue here isn't one of physical, it's a spiritual thing going on inside. What did that Gentile do? By nature, he did what? The law. Something triggering there inside of him. Verse 27, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. Again, the issue here isn't the physical thing. The issue is the spiritual. It's not only going to be enough to be circumcised the eighth day, but it's also going to be one who then comes along and begins to understand the purpose and the intent of the spirit, not the letter of the law. What did the law, what did the law do? It pushes everyone to Calvary. It pushes everyone to Christ. Not to get you to do some things. Come back to Deuteronomy 10. We got just a few minutes here. 
I want you to see something, that when that Jew stands and plea three is spoken, and Paul stands and says, wait a minute, you missed it, you missed the law, you can't do it, there's more going on here than just keeping the law, you've got to have the heart, you didn't have the heart, you didn't keep it by faith, you're walking in the works of, you know what that Jew's going to, it's not going to be a new thing for him. He's going to understand it. There's nothing new here to the Jew. They knew what God expected of them. Deuteronomy 10. Did I tell you 10? Deuteronomy 10. Look at verse 12. Deuteronomy 10, 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Isn't that interesting? What's God want from you, Israel? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's and thy God, the earth also with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them. And he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day, Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your, isn't that interesting, heart, and be no more, isn't that stiff-necked? Woo! You see, they knew, now, is that, is that cloudy, Don't, can't quite catch what he wants there from them? Or is that pretty clear? It's pretty clear. You see, a casual reading of the Old Testament, guess what the Jews already knew? They knew what was required of them. Oh, come on now, Lord, I didn't know that was back there. It's been back there since Moses wrote the goofy thing. Back a few hundred years ago. <laughs> Thousands, but it's been there a while. Come over to Leviticus 26. You see, folks, this isn't brain surgery and it isn't hidden. Leviticus 26, and mystical things and little... So when that guy stands before the, before the judgment and he claims to be a Jew and of the circumcision and I'm going to call him immunity and the prosecuting Paul stands up and says, not so fast, your honor. We know from history what was really required here and it was a circumcision of the heart, not all that physical activity, the religious stuff. Deuteronomy 26 in Deuteronomy 26, you have the courses of chastisement come upon the nation of Israel. There are five of them. They build upon each other. They one, it doesn't go one, and then it's over, and then two. It's one stays on, two's built. It's like stairs. <laughs> they just keep going. Now, notice verse 41. Leviticus 26. What did I say? I'm sorry. Leviticus 26, that's what I said. Leviticus 26, <laughs> 10 minute argument about what I said. Replay the tape. <laughs> Leviticus 26. <laughs> Leviticus 26, verse 40. If they, now, in order to get out from underneath the courses of judgment at any time, this is what Israel had to do, verse 40. If they confess their iniquity and their iniquity of their fathers and with their trespasses which they 
trespass against me, and that also they have walked contrary to me. And in Daniel 9, the first verses of Daniel 9, Daniel does this right here. He, the 70 years are over. He thinks it's good to go. And he sits and he confesses a national. This is a national confession. Problem is, as the Lord said, I got, we cleaned up the land, Daniel, but I gotta, I'm not sticking a dirty people back in a clean land. They'll just make it dirty again. So now we're going to go 70 weeks of years to clean up the people. That's why that thing in Daniel 9.24, 70 weeks have been determined upon thy people. It's a people thing now. Okay, Verse 41. So not only do they have to confess their sin, their iniquities, and so forth, verse 41, and that I also have walked contrary unto them and have brought them into their land of their enemies, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and they then accept of the punishment of their iniquity. Notice, they can't keep, notice it's all present tense, their hearts are what? Uncircumcised. That means they did not keep the law. They didn't do Deuteronomy 10. They broke it. They are still the children of Adam. They're sinners. Now watch verse 42. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember and I will remember the land. You know what he says? You can't do it, so guess what? I got to do it for you. And I'll bring in the issue of the new covenant, which is the fourth component in the Abrahamic covenant about blessing them. And he says, I'll come in and I will put a new heart in you. I'll pull out that old stony, fleshy heart and I'll give you a new heart. And I'll write my laws in that heart and I'll give you the spirit. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to do Deuteronomy 10. But you're going to do it from a heart issue. Heart, inside. You see what's going on? Again, a casual reading of the Old Testament would cause them to know that they could not perform. Come over to Jeremiah chapter 4. Oh. They couldn't. But you know what? They didn't know the scriptures. The Lord says, have you not erred? Have you not read? You err not knowing the scriptures. Jeremiah 4 and verse number 4. Circumcise yourself to the Lord. Take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Notice that issue of circumcised to who? To the Lord, the foreskin of your heart. Circumcision is just that. It's just the cutting away of the flesh. You and I in Colossians, we have a circumcision made, what? Without hands to where we're cut. Why? Because that cutting away of the flesh, that lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, that's what it is here with these guys, same thing. It's so that we would be what? Freed from sin. You see, the, today in the age of grace, the proclamation is let's be free from sin. Let's not let sin run you. Jeremiah 6, just a few verses here. Jeremiah 6, verse 10. 6, verse 10. To whom shall I speak and give warning? 
that they may hear. Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. No delight in the word. Why are are they so messed up? No delight in the Lord, in the word of the Lord, sorry. Chapter 9. By the way, that is what burned Jeremiah the most in all of his dealings, is that they would just dismiss the word of God. He says, man, that word burned in me. It was like, honey, I ate it up. And you guys are out here just dismissing it like it's nothing. Jeremiah 9, verse 25 and 26. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will punish them which are circumcised with the uncircumcision. Egypt and Judah and Edom and the children of Ammon and Moab and all that are in the uttermost corners that dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in their heart. Isn't that, man, that's sad. What a condition. Come over to Ezekiel 44. Ezekiel 44. Omaha, Omaha, Ezekiel 44. Ezekiel 44, verse 7. Ezekiel 44, verse 7. He says, In that ye have brought into my sanctuary strangers, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in the flesh, to be in my sanctuary, to pollute it, even my house, when ye offer my bread, the fat and the blood, And they have broken my covenants because of all of your abominations. They broke the law. One more. Deuteronomy 30. Well, two more. Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 5 and verse 6. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 5 and verse 6. Deuteronomy 30, verse 5, And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. You can't do it. I got to do it for you. Deuteronomy 30, verse 5 and 6. Okay, run over to Acts 7. One we know. We understand. Here the Jew stands. Romans 2, you can't do it. The law can't do it. So guess what? Your claim of immunity is won't get it done either. Just won't work. Acts chapter 7, you got the stoning of Stephen, verse 51. We know this passage well. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised where? In heart and ears. What ha- um, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Again, they're what? Stiff-necked and, un- and what were they looking for? He sees the Lord doing what? Standing, ready to come back and pour out wrath and judgment. And rather, he pours out long-suffering and mercy and grace and peace. So when you come over there to Romans 2... When you get down there to the end there, and you know what he says? Your Honor, this is not new to these folks. They understood from the get-go what was required of them, and they don't have, they didn't do it. They rejected. They couldn't keep the law, and they rejected your offer to fix them. 
and they didn't do it. And rather they have praise of themselves. There in verse 29, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart and spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. You know what they were, ha- they were looking for? The praise of men. And you know what the judge says? You just go sit right over there. Your sentence will be executed swiftly here. And uh, you just go sit down right over there. By the way, you know what? Just guys, go ahead and take him over there and put him down. You're guilty. Go. The Jew's going to stand there and say, hang on a minute. I'm a Jew. I got the law. I got the circumcision. I got the chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. I got the word of God. And Paul says, yeah, you had it, but you didn't believe it. You didn't obey it. You had no faith. You're guilty. There is profit if you keep the law. The problem is, is you can't keep the law. James over there, he says, if you offend in one point, you're guilty of it all. And that's the problem. They didn't keep it. That's why he says over there, you make your boast, you teach, you say all this, and yet you weren't doing it either. The Lord tells the disciples, do what the priests, do what the leadership tells you, because they sit in Moses' seat. But look at why they're doing it. Bigger coats, praise in the marketplace, rabbi, rabbi. And he's like, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. You have to listen to them because they're the leadership. But you don't got to do, they just want to put a yoke on you. Okay? You see, plea three, guilty. Plea one, self-righteousness. I'm, I'm, no, I'm better than that guy over there. Boy, I would never do what he did. Oh, my goodness. Plea two, I didn't know the law. You didn't give me no stinking law. We don't need no stinking, you know. No, yeah, right. But by nature, what would you go do? You did the law. That inner witness, you rejected, you dismissed it. You're guilty. And then the religious guy, the Jew, stands up and says, I'm not like that publican over there. I do this and that. What did the publican say? Mercy. (laughs) I beg mercy. I I drop on your mercy seat here (laughs) because I am a what? I'm a sinner. Now, starting in chapter one or chapter three, verse one, next time because we're over time now, he's gonna. There's gonna be an objection raised in the first eight verses here. Objection, objection, objection. Okay, because he's got them. He's got them on the hot seat. There was a movie we saw years ago. I was talking about. It was a music guy in a concert type, a singer guy, and he was sitting there lamenting about. It's kind of like in the carnival where the chickens, the chicken dance booth, and it's really the chicken is on top of a hot plate, and the guy keeps turning it up, making it warm to make the chicken dance. He's got them on the hot plate, and they're dancing. And it's something that they're not going to get off. They won't wiggle off. They're going to be guilty. Now, the proclamation of guilt comes later in Chapter 3. Right now, he's, just, he's, he's killing off the defense arguments and the motions, okay? 
All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. Look here into, into the thinking and into the hearts of men so that as we deal with them, we'll understand where they're coming from and how to deal with them and to give them your word. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we'll see you.